Good morning, church. Would you stand with us and we're going to worship Jesus together?
Jesus, uh, we've, I kind of feel that tension, you know, of like just walking in the door and not knowing like, kind of like if you're going for a meal and, and it's time to visit first, right? And you don't know, is it time to sit down? Is it time, what, what do I do? And with God, the cool thing is that you can walk right in the door. Be right in the presence of the King. Be right here in the presence of the King. Oh, let your wind blow. Oh, let your wind blow. Oh, let your wind blow. Oh, let song this morning I know it's not like in the order of service time to do that right we're supposed to wait till the altar time not right after the first song right
I was just thinking about this song. There's nothing better than you. And I was thinking about our conference yesterday. We had a conference for Christian businessmen in uh, Warren campus. And it was speaker after speaker, Cedric, Isaiah, they said, guys, I have made and lost millions of dollars and nothing is as important as following Jesus Christ. Speaker after speaker was saying, listen, it doesn't matter if you build a kingdom for yourself and it doesn't matter. It's like if you have to return to the fact that God was leading you into every success in your life. Each of them told stories. They said, one guy, Cedric, he said he wanted to be a doctor and a lawyer. He didn't know how it was going to come about, but God brought him to the right person to just serve him for a while and became a mentor to him. And that's where he learned X, Y, Z. And then later somebody funded uh, his trip into law. And then later, somebody who, he always loved music, helped him build a music company. And now he uses his expertise to help other businessmen. He uses his finances to build the kingdom all over the world. And he said, guys, nothing is as important as the Great Commission. He said, nothing is as important as you knowing God and loving God more than anything else in life. Guys, I want to tell you, there is nothing that can satisfy your soul but Jesus himself. There is nothing. There is no amount of money. There's no amount of position. There's no amount of fame that can satisfy you like the Son of God and the Son of Man. His name is Jesus. Come on, say Jesus. Say Yeshua. Say Son of David. Come on, say Son of Man. Say, Son of God, lift up your praise. Come on, worship him. He's worthy. He's worthy. Nothing can satisfy us but your love, Jesus. Nothing can satisfy us but your love, Jesus. Nothing can quench the thirst in our heart but to know you, to love you, to be known by you, to be loved by you, to see you face to face and know you heart to heart. Jesus, you're the satisfaction of our soul. Nothing else satisfies. Nothing else. Let's sing this bridge again. Nothing else can satisfy.
everything to me I'm here in your presence with your arms around me and all my tears are caught by a loving father Catching every tear Holy Spirit just really touched my heart. And um, there's a line in this song that says, Jesus, you don't owe me anything. And it's such a reminder, you know, God doesn't promise us a good life, that we're not going to have pain or hardship or trial. Sometimes we kind of get it in our heart or that expectation that he does. But truly, Jesus really doesn't owe us anything because he already gave us his life. He, he, he laid it down. But this is where the Holy Spirit just touched me this morning, and I, I feel it now, is that the, the amazing thing about God, that his love is so great, and he loves us so much that he wants to bless us. Even though he doesn't have to give us one more thing, he already gave us his life. He gave us eternity. But he wants to bless because that's the heart of the Father. I think where we go wrong is if we expect it. If we think that God owes us something. But truly he doesn't. He doesn't owe us anything. He gave it all. He laid it all down. He just loves us so much. He's just such a loving father that even though he laid it down, he has so much more to give. 
He has so much more to give. can't even articulate what I feel. I just feel broken. I think God wants you to know more than anything how great His love for you is. And He means you no harm, no ill will in this life. That is not the heart of God. That is a lie of the enemy. There's nothing in this life other than him. He just wants your heart. He just so desperately wants your heart. And when you give it to him, you're going to have all that you need. Not, it might not be the things of this world. But you will have his joy. You will. You will have his peace. You will have his blessings. You will feel the love of the Father. And that's the most important thing. I'm caught up in your presence. just wanna sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy
shared and I was like oh Lord you still want me to share but 
this morning as we were, as Jesse said, as we were rehearsing, you know, um, I kept hearing the words missing pieces. And um, it took a while. And then I, I was asking the Holy Spirit, like, what do you mean by missing pieces? And I felt like he said, you know, there are those of us here this morning that it's like almost like a jigsaw puzzle. And you know how you lose that last piece or you've lost a couple of the pieces. And he wants you to know that he has those missing pieces. And even though you feel like I can't finish what I need to finish or I don't know which way to go or I don't know what goes where, maybe you even feel completely lost. I don't know what goes next. <laughs> he says, I'm here. My Holy Spirit is here. And he will show you how to put the puzzle together. He has all of the missing pieces that we need. So I know, man, do I know the Holy Spirit's trying to talk to us this morning because Donna, at six in the morning when I woke up, I almost went to Walmart and I was asking myself, is the Walmart a 24 hour? And I was like, it is, but then I was too lazy to go. But the, the Holy Spirit gave me this picture of a puzzle and I heard the phrase missing pieces. Right. And uh, it, it goes so in line with the sermon today that there there's, you have to know that there's people in your life that are meant to be a puzzle piece to reveal Jesus to you and that you are a missing piece in somebody else's life that's not meant to be missing because it takes every piece of the puzzle to reveal Jesus. If you could just picture a hundred pieces to a puzzle and the face of Jesus is on the puzzle. And I mean, I literally, I was like, well, I'm not good at painting, so I can't paint a picture of Jesus. Like I was trying to like make this work and then the Holy Spirit just did it. So, so cool. Can you just close your eyes real quick before we transition the, the service? I want you to, I want you to picture what the Holy Spirit is saying, okay? Because he, I, I'm telling you, I, he can't be more clear. It's the exact, exact phrase that he gave me early this morning, and I, I just want you to open your hands like an open palm, if you don't mind, and let's just respond to this prophetic word, and and say, God, make me open. I've got a couple of you. Let's try all of you. God, make me open to whatever missing pieces I need. How about this? To the relationship that I need. And then let's pray it like this. God, make me the missing piece to someone else. Use my life to encourage them, to build them up, to reveal Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Listen, before, before you are seated, I need you to um, high-five somebody. But before you do, can I illustrate this with my friend Dave Lamont's Come here just real quick. I'm not going to make you sing. I know. I told you last night I might. But jump up here. Let me see if you're still spry. Oh, yeah. I know, dude. I'm almost 40. That step's getting higher every week. Um, you know, it takes every piece of the puzzle. Like even though, So we connected in Los Angeles at a conference I was teaching the seventh theory at. And you know, I need De Lamont's in my life just as a believer, and he needs me in his life. I don't know what all the reasons for yet, but I know we're connected. And look, we're about to put out an album called Salt and Pepper. Can I get a witness? I'm just kidding. That was the worst joke of all time. Was there an artist in the 80s called Salt and Pepper? Oh, Lord, forgive me. Whew. Too legit. No. Um, I'm just saying, it needs, you need the whole body of Christ. You need Hispanic, you need black, you need white. You need the entire body of Christ to reveal the beauty of Jesus to the world. Amen? And 
I, I almost, I almost just reached over and prophesied to you, but I didn't want to. Like, I want us to just reach our hands towards Dave Lamont's and your wife. Can you come on? You can use the steps, my dear. But come over here. She's like, look, I got high heels. I'm about to hop up there. I just want to pray for you guys. I just feel, I feel like you're not here by accident. I feel like there's a gift in you. Guys, he's Grammy nominated, Dove Award nominated, and yet, just like we talked about yesterday, a guy from Akron, right? And this is just a church from Kinsman. But God can do miraculous things through you. Reach your hands towards this beautiful couple. God, I thank you. Danielle, can you pray for, yeah, good job. Lord, I pray, <laughs> I just see, I, I just see something on you that I see on me and Danielle. And I, I don't know how to say it. So let me just think for a minute. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I believe the Lord wants to tell you guys this is a turning point. Today's a turning point. Even in the worship, you were sensing something, and you, you actually said in your mind, you thought to yourself, something's different here, right? And what you were sensing was the Spirit of God in a powerful way. Not that you didn't sense him before, so don't misunderstand me. But you see, there's always deeper levels to the Father's love because it's, it's limitless. It's like when a, a guy looks at a telescope and he sees Mercury and, and Jupiter and he says, look at that galaxy. And then he sees inside that galaxy and there's another 10,000 stars and another billion stars. I believe the Lord wants to tell you his, two things. His love for you is much deeper than you could ever understand. What you thought about his love for you and his plans for you are so good. The Lord also would say to you, I'm going to bless you with the things that you wanted to be blessed with. There was a desire for a blessing. And almost like, um, like Esau. Wow, Lord. And I believe the Father would just say to you, I am blessing you. I am blessing you. Every blessing that's come into your life in the last few months is from me, the Lord says, and I will continue to bless you. You thought there was one gift, there is ten. You thought there was one plan, there is ten plans. You thought there was one uh, opportunity with the right guy, the right producer, the right songwriter. The Lord says, oh, I have many more you have no idea about. The Lord would say, like you, you thought that one galaxy was cool. I have billions of galaxies of stars but it's all to reveal my glory, Jesus says. It's not to reveal your glory. You are but a dying star. <laughs> uh, but you reveal the glory of the maker of the stars. So, Father, I thank you that you are aligning these stars with other stars to reveal a beautiful picture. Father, I thank you that I, I did not know what I was going to say, but I hear this so clearly. You are aligning these stars with other stars. Hmm to reveal the glory of the maker of the stars. And Father, I thank you for another anointing that's coming on them today. There's already a gift. I love your voice, Stalemon. There's already a gift. There's already a writing gift, but the Lord says it's going to get stronger, deeper, better, richer. God, I pray deep theology, good theology. Lord, even while he's writing, he'll, he'll write and then go, ooh, that was good. Where did that come from? And I'll say, that, was, that must have been God. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in their lives. And again, I want to pray over you. Um, and remind me, Kiera, I just hear the word blessing so loudly. Kiera, you will be a blessing to many young girls. 
a blessing, 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 blessing. What you wanted, you will be. The Lord says, what you wanted, you will be. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Yeah. Amen. What's that? <laughs> you ready? Uh, listen, well, why don't you go greet somebody, all right? Give them a big high five or a hug or something. Hello, good morning. Welcome. What a beautiful fall morning to drive in to church today. We're just so glad that you're here. I just want to welcome all of you. If you are a guest with us this morning, uh, we would love the opportunity to be able to connect with you. There's just a couple really simple ways to do that. One, in the seat back in front of you, you'll see a little card that looks like this. If you want to pull that out, just take a minute. Fill out the information. You can drop it in one of the boxes when you leave. Or uh, if you want to go out to our four-year area at the kids' check-in desk, you can uh, give this to the attendant there, and they have uh, a gift that they would like to put into your hands. Uh, the next best way is if you have a smartphone up on the screen, uh, you can text new at rock of our ROG, and that's 94000. And that's another really simple way just to be able uh, to connect with us. So. I'm just going to highlight a couple of neat things uh, that we are going to be doing. Uh, yesterday, we had an awesome day at Let's Lead This. This was, yes, if you were there, you know what a just awesome day it was. Um, we just had many leaders and business uh, people there that inspired us and challenged us. And if you missed it, it's okay. There's going to be more. So you'll just have to 
keep that in the back of your mind for the next time when it comes around. But what a powerful day. Uh, if you can believe it, Christmas is around the corner, and we love to partner with Operation Christmas Child. And if you don't know what that is, it's really super cool, and we have a video to tell you all about it. When those lids come off those boxes, you have never seen such pure joy. This is amazing. As you can see, the children's faces, they are excited as they open up the gifts for the first time. What makes the gifts more than just gifts is the message that comes with the gift. This is the opportunity for a child to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of Operation Christmas Child never changes. Children are coming to Jesus, and children are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Millions of children around the world are being impacted by these simple shoebox gifts. One box can touch not just a child, but the whole family. So we need to keep packing those boxes and pray for the children that God will use this in a very special way. So thank you for being a part of it. God bless you. That might be the only gift that child gets all year. But what the example is, I mean, Jesus always met a need before he gave them uh, his story and his love or a healing. He always fed them. He always touched them. And this is one way just to be able to unlock their heart is by giving a gift. So if you have never participated, this is your chance. They're in the foyer. There's some boxes. You, there's all the instructions there. You just take a box and you go shopping. This is awesome to take your kids let them be a part of it because they can shop for a child maybe their own age. If you have a son that's eight, then guess what? You get to go shopping with him to, for another boy who might be eight years old. And uh, what just a powerful way to, to do something as a family and to be able to give something away. So I would encourage you. I think it's just an awesome opportunity, and they're in the foyer. Um, Starting today, um, we have Starting Point, and if you're not familiar uh, with that, it's um, basically the path, and that is our way to be able to connect you, uh, new people that are coming in, or maybe you have that, uh, it's in your heart to be able to serve. We would really like you to go through the Starting Point because that is going to be the way to be able to show you opportunities of where to serve and also just to be able to tell you about our church. So that is today, right after service, and it is in the yellow room right across this hall. Um, coming up is Pastor Appreciation Day. This is October 30th. Yes, if you guys want to give a big hand for our pastors already. Um, this is an amazing day. Being a, a pastor's kid, I just love being able to see my parents being loved on because I see how tirelessly they give. And um, if you would like to participate, it's really simple. Um, you should have received an email. Uh, it's going to give you all the things that we have planned. And if you didn't get an email, right as you go out into the foyer, uh, there's a collection bin, and there's letters there from our deacons that are going to show you exactly what you need to do. So please stop by that table or check your email because it could have gone to spam. But please pay attention to that because the email did go out. And last but not least, um, we have some amazing small groups all throughout our community. If you haven't joined, I don't know why not. I mean, if you want to meet friends, this is a great way to meet friends. You eat together. And the most important thing is you grow in Christ together. It is just um, a wonderful time. 
And you can go onto the website. It can show you all the uh, different types of uh, groups that are available. You can sign up and get plugged in. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Give her a hand. Jesse also shared what we call a startup moment at Let's Lead This Yesterday, just a couple-minute testimony of how God has uh, used them to build his kingdom uh, in their business, and that's beautiful. I'm a firm believer that Christianity doesn't happen between 9 and 11 on Sunday. When I read the Gospels, I remember in Bible college in particular and early in my ministry, I would just be reading, and I just never saw Jesus be like, all right, guys, meet me at the synagogue, 9 a.m., and then... No, he was right there in the marketplace, wherever he was, hillside, uh, you know, people buying like grain and fruit. And he's just right there talking to them about the kingdom of God. And so God's love and God's kingdom advances everywhere we go, Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Amen. Uh, we're going to receive our offering. Again, you can, uh, as, as usual, you can drop it in the plate or uh, you can give online through the app or rockofgrace.org. Uh, once you've prepared your gift, why don't you just bow your heads with me? And let's pray, and let's just believe God to speak to us. Father, thank you so much for those that are just so faithful in their tithes and offerings. Lord, I think about the, the Warren campus and how we're about to staff a, um, a worship leader there. And God, uh, just the, the desire in the future for a missions director. And Father, the desires to plant uh, churches and to give them that grant money. God, all of these things to, chance, to, to transform Trumbull County. God, it requires real dollars, so I thank you, God, for the precedent that you set in your word about tithing, God, and, and offerings and generosity. And, Father, I just thank you for every single believer, Lord, who is just so incredibly faithful. I pray that your word, God, your promises that you spoke, that you said you will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. I thank you that right now, even as I say that, I sense your spirit is blessing God, every person who has been so faithful, Lord, I know you bless no matter what, but there's a promise in your word. And God, you set those precedents, you set those protocols for a reason. So Father, we are faithful. God, do more with our 90% than we could ever do with our 100. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, one thing I want you to keep in mind, you may uh, have heard that... Um, Katie Metz's brother, Isaiah Metz, passed away this week in a tragic car accident. I know not all of you know the Metz family, but I know some of you do. And already within, within an hour of that morning, uh, my phone was blown up with people who were saying that they were going to be bringing meals and cards and, and flowers to them. So just keep them in mind. Uh, more details will come when it comes to services, and we'll inform you, uh, of course, through the digital prayer group on Facebook. Um, and then, of course, next week. But uh, listen, let's pray for them. In fact, I want to just pray for them briefly. I know we're passing the offering, but I just bow your heads if you're able. Father, we pray right now, uh, just again, a blessing, the same thing I prayed, Father, uh, with them this week, that you would comfort them, that you would be the comforter, that you would surround them and fill them with your love, God, your peace that doesn't make sense, Lord. Lord, a supernatural peace that passes logic and understanding. God, that you would just so fill their house with love that any, God, any sadness and grief, Lord, that's all expected and, and normal, but, Father, that it would not linger and remain, that none of it would become overwhelming, but, God, that you would fill them with your love. And, God, I just thank you for the, for the Mets family. Thank you for the way, God, that they have cared for kids in need. 
And God, we pray just a blessing on them and their household today. In Jesus' name, amen. So please keep them um, in, in prayer. You know, we before I start the sermon, I, I just want to remind you that we have a mission here, right? Uh, so our vision is leading people to follow Jesus together. You hear, you hear us say that all, every week. But we actually have a 10-year mission to transform Trumbull County, to plant churches, not so that we can have good services. That's cool. That's important. Uh, but so that we could raise up believers who become disciples because disciples obey, believers agree. And part of dis being a disciple who obeys the word of God is they care for the orphan, the widow, and the poor. And so that's like a lot of things summarized really quickly. But I just want to tell you, part of the way that we actually do that is a ministry called FAM. How many of you guys have heard of FAM, right? How many of you guys have met Nikki Culver in the foyer? Just want to again remind you that we actually have incredible progress in this area. So we've seen 44 kids come into care and four adoptions. Can we give God some praise? Come on. I don't know about you, but I want to keep that, I want to, I want to see that keep growing. So Nikki, can you just stand up real quick? I won't make you come up here, I promise. But everybody just say, hi, Nikki. All right, you may be seated. That's Nikki. So if you're like, oh, you know what? I think I could make a meal for a foster parent um, or I could serve in some way. Can you reach, reach out to Nikki, find her in the foyer or go to fam.rockofgrace.org and you can sign up. Because foster families who have a support system are 80% more likely to continue fostering. And so we want them to continue fostering. Amen. We want to care for those kids. So open your Bibles. Uh, if you got your Bibles to Genesis 24, uh, or you can scroll if you are a millennial and your phone, just scroll. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, or you can use the Bible app, um, whatever, whatever way you want to do it. Uh, open to Genesis 24. And then also to Romans 12, um, and then if you have a pen, maybe 1 Corinthians 12. But uh, we have a lot of scripture today. There's not going to be slides up uh, just because of all that was going on this week with the conference, but uh, you can just take notes fast. How many of you guys are like fast notes takers? Or if you're like Jeremiah, maybe you have thumbs of fury. You can just type so fast. Everybody say, hi, Jeremiah. Jeremiah's a youth pastor. He's that seven-foot-tall guy over there. Jeremiah, can you stand up real quick? Everybody say, hi, Jeremiah. If you haven't got to meet him, he's our awesome sauce youth pastor and his wife. They're incredible. Make sure you get to know them. We talked about the Holy Spirit, and we're setting a precedent for who the Holy Spirit is for two weeks. And then next week, we're going to talk about gifts and what he does um, in a very specific, special, unique way. But again, today we're just kind of setting a premise of who he is. So I'm going to give you a few pictures of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. The first one comes from Genesis 24. And this is the story of Isaac and Rebekah. This is the story of how Abraham obtained a bride for his son Isaac. Now this is a series of historical events that actually took place. And it's a beautiful story. It's a parable that enacts and pictures who Jesus is as the bridegroom and who we are as the bride. So by this time, Abraham was settled in the land God had promised him. Right? The land of Canaan. Everybody say Canaan. He gave them the miracle son, Isaac, right, who was the heir that God had promised. And he needed a wife for Isaac, but he did not want to take from the daughters of the Canaanites. So he called his senior servant. Everybody say servant. One more time. Everybody say servant. All right. This was the main steward of the house. He's unnamed. He's an unnamed servant. And he told him to go back to Mesopotamia 
which was the country of Abraham's origin, and to find a bride from Abraham's own clan there. So the servant equipped himself, prayed that God would direct him to the young woman of God's choice to be the bride for his son Isaac. And when he came to Mesopotamia, he stopped at a well. Some of you know the story. If you don't know the story, I'm going to tell you the story. He stopped at the well, and he was asking God for the right woman, that she would come along, ask him to give a drink, and that she would respond not merely by giving him water, but by drawing up water from the well for his camels. And there's so, thing, so many cool things God was speaking to me as I was reviewing the sermon this morning. Pastor Ed, you know this feeling, right? You're reviewing your sermon. Holy Spirit gives you another revelation. You're like, I don't have time to preach that today. So be excited for part two, the sequel. Ooh, I like the low frequency on that. The sequel. I'm just going to talk like that more often. It makes me sound more spiritual. All right. The servant asked her for a drink. She gave him a drink, right? And she immediately, also of her own initiative, proceeded to get water for the camels, just like he had been desiring, right? It's estimated that a thirsty camel, by the way, can drink about 40 gallons of water. That's a lot. And now the significant, uh, because there was 10 camels that made a long journey, all right? So she was active. She was this vigorous woman because she was drawing about 400 gallons of water. I don't know about you, but I think that says a lot, that, that she, she was willing to kind of be there and participate in the miracle of God. Well, then the servant brought out the gifts. Oh, come on. The servant, everybody say the servant. See, the Holy Spirit is the servant. Everybody say this with me. Say the servant. Say the Holy Spirit. Say servant. Say Holy Spirit. All right, so I want you to picture this. The servant brought out the gifts that he was carrying that he had prepared for her. Oh, this is so cool. He gave her these beautiful gifts, which she immediately adorned herself, and then she introduced the servant to her family. How many of you have introduced the Holy Spirit to your family? Come on. How many of you have been across a meal and engaged the Holy Spirit and said, hey, let's pray for the meal, and suddenly you're prophesying? Come on. All right, I got one over here. Let's try this side. How many of you have been at a meal and you just said, you know what, let's just pray? Because, you know, sometimes prayer, you know how prayer is sometimes, especially if you got like 55 kids like me. It's like, Lord, bless this food. I know it's hot in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo, eat. But sometimes you got to slow down. Thank you. I see that hand, Jim and Farrah. I see that. Sometimes you've had prayers like that too. Sometimes you got to slow down and really invite the Holy Spirit into your family time. Somebody say amen. So, amen, Adam. Come on now. Now, the parable right here is a good parable where God is providing a bride for Jesus Christ, his son. This is who Isaac represents. And you guys know, remember, because Abraham is given this command to go and to sacrifice Isaac. And Isaac, as we know, represents Jesus. This is the same hill that Jesus would die on years later. How many of you guys know God has a plan? How many of you guys know the whole Old Testament points to Jesus? So if you're ever listening to a teacher or a podcast and they say, well, that's just the Old Testament. That's not really who God is. <laughs> Beep. Go, de delete that guy. Just seriously, just delete, just unsubscribe. Because the whole, the whole Testament, the Old Testament and the New Testament points to one Savior, one perfect Son of God, Son of Man, Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. So we see this unnamed servant. I think it's so cool because the... The, the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is always self-deprecating. He's always pointing attention to Jesus. We talked about this last week, right? We said the Spirit points to Jesus. Jesus always says, oh, you've got to meet my Father. And the Father always points back to the Son. 
So they're in this perfect relationship uh, with one another, and they are the triune God. So let's recap last week and just say again that the Spirit of God is the voice of God on the earth, and he is the third person of the Trinity. So say this with me. He's the voice. He's the third person of the Trinity. Now, there's so many cool things about this, right? Not only is he, uh, Isaac is Abraham's son, his promised son, but second, he sought nothing for himself. It was his responsibility to simply find a bride for Isaac. And the Holy Spirit's role is to find a bride for Jesus. Now, I know this is hard a lot for us men to see ourselves as a bride, but we have many uh, parables and kind of uh, metaphors in the Bible for who we are, all right? So, yes, we're sons and daughters of Father God, but guess what? We're also the bride of Jesus. So I need all the ladies to look at those men, those beautiful, like Dave Rosenberg, look at those bald men and just say, you are a beautiful bride. Look at them. Even you, John, even you. Before service, me and John were laughing about one time I saw him just pick up a piano. I was like, what, what is happening? This dude's like Superman. But even John is a bride, as crazy as it sounds, I don't know. Third, it was the responsibility of him to, to find this bride and that he would then come bearing gifts. He confronted Rebecca with a choice then that said, hey, I'm going to invite you to love Jesus. And this is what we talked about last week. He evokes a response to Jesus. God's spirit always evokes a response to Jesus. He, he invites you to fall in love with Jesus. He tells you about Jesus, all right? And number six, this is Rebecca's only source of information concerning Abraham and Isaac. Think about that. She hadn't met Abraham and Isaac yet. She hadn't met Abraham and Isaac yet. Did you know that when you got saved, before you ever thought about the name Jesus, the Holy Spirit was already whispering to your heart, I want to tell you about Jesus. Before, before you were ever invited to church, the Holy Spirit was already saying, there's someone named Jesus. There's something that, there's something that you need in life. There's something, there's a missing thing in your heart. It's Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is already whispering to your heart, inviting you to love Jesus. Again, his aim is to glorify the Father and the Son, and it's his role to find a bride. Now, again, I know it's weird for us as men, but everybody, men and women, just put your hand on your heart because you need to understand this. Say, I am the bride. I'm the bride. And so what he does, not only is he evokes a response, he invites us to fall in love with Jesus, but get this, he invites us to honor our bridegroom. He invites us to become holy. He is the Holy Spirit. See this? He's the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. So he invites us to prepare ourselves to be holy. Amen? So listen, how about when she receives the gifts? How cool is that? We're going to talk about this a lot more next week, that what spiritual gifts look like and how they work. But there's so many spiritual gifts, and we've taught on them before. And if you like, just can't wait until next week, you can go on our YouTube or our podcast, and you can just bring up some of those. But if, just write in your notes, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to talk about those. And there's various passages in the Bible. But I want to just say something that's really important that Pastor Andrew, Pastor Dave, and I were talking that, about when we were collaborating on this series that we really want to make sure you understand. The fruit are not the gifts. In fact, I, I dedicated a whole chapter to this in my first book, Truth and Love. 
because I would see people at churches and am I traveling, and sometimes you could tell by the words that they say that they actually value the gifts more than the fruit. But I want to tell you the fruit of the Spirit must be valued as highly or more than the gifts. Here's what I mean by that. Love, joy, peace, patience. Here's what God says in, in 1 Corinthians 13. You can prophesy, you can know all the mysteries of the world, but if you're a jerk, that's the PJV, come on. If you don't have love in your heart, if you're condescending or rude, those gifts don't matter. In fact, they're a clanging symbol, right? You know what clanging means? Let me give you the PJV, annoying, all right? Now, symbols are nice. Symbols are nice. I love it. Where's, where's my drummers at? Nolan, where are you at? Lucas, where are you at? Symbols are great. But imagine if, if Nolan or Lucas came out here and be like, guys, check this out. For the next 40 minutes, you'd be like, hey, dude, I've had enough. And that's what it's like when someone knows how to operate in the gifts, but they don't know how to be quiet, listen, have a meal, and, and, and be loving and kind and respectful and honoring. Right? So the fruit and the gifts, you got to value both. Now, I'm speaking kind of multi-denominational right now because here's the thing. There's denominations who put all of their, <laughs> say all their fruit in one basket, no, no pun intended, but all, all of their focus on, on the fruit. And they say, we don't need the gifts. No, that died. And then there's entire denominations, thousands of churches who put all of their focus on the gifts, on the gifts. But, guys, you got to understand there's people who learn how to use their gifts. There's people who know how to prophesy but are lacking maturity. There's people who know how to speak in tongues but are lacking maturity. So the fruit, say this with me, fruit is not gifts. Say this with me, gifts are not fruit. So when someone operates in their gifts, does that mean they're definitely mature? In fact, I'll take any day a really kind person over someone that knows how to operate in their gifts. And I think Jesus would too, based on what he says. But I want, you, I, want to, I want you to hear me. He wants both. He wants us operating in the mystery of the gifts, open to it. Imagine how, imagine how Abraham would feel if Rebecca came home and she said, you know, I know you prepared all those gifts for me, but I just don't want them. Would that hurt his heart? How many of you are parents in here? Raise your hand. How many of you have ever prepared gifts? Guys, I already have a gift prepared for Lucas. It's this giant green uh, dump truck. He's going to lose his mind. He's going to just, because every day it's tractor. Like I took him downstairs today. He's like, tractor. He actually took the entire toy bin. Sorry, serve teams. He took the entire toy bin and dumped him upside down. He's like, tractor. I love tractors. I have a toy prepared for him. I am excited for him to use that toy. You see that? I'm excited for him to enjoy the gift. My heart would actually be hurt if he woke up, he's like, I don't want a tractor, I just want a coffee, I'm good, leave me alone, Dad. I'd be like, no, man, I have a gift for you. I mean, I got it at a garage sale for a dollar, but it doesn't matter. The point is, it's an awesome gift, because Mama raised me right, okay? But it's an awesome gift. He's going to lose his mind enjoying the gift. And so I'm trying to make this practical for y'all. Enjoy the gifts. Enjoy the gifts. And so this is a perfect segue to my friend Will is going to come on up. Give a hand to your worship leader, the creative arts director. That's right, folks. He's amazing. He's bald. He wears a necklace. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He's the only one-eyed worship leader we all know. His name is Will. 
<laughs> Sorry, too much coffee today. <laughs> too, too much coffee. Sorry. Will, <laughs> Will, did I really just say all that? Yeah. Delete that. Delete it. All right. Uh, Will's going to share something that, you know, he shared with me last week that I said that would be really appropriate for the sermon. So here you go. Amen. So we, um, it was when he was, I, I don't even remember what part of the service, but it was about speaking in tongues. And you're talking to somebody, or you're, I grew up Methodist and then was in a Mennonite church. And when I got really rocked by the Holy Spirit after my eye surgery in 2009, I remember being open to like all these giftings of the Spirit, but I remember saying no to tongues. And I said I didn't want that because I had seen it be pushed on me and others, and I had seen it abused so many times. And I kind of felt that in my spirit in the church, and I feel that a lot when, when that gifting specifically tongues uh, comes up. And, and I had a vision, a reminder of a vision of I saw this faucet, you know, with two handles, and only one handle was working, and I, I refused. It was about me. I refused to open the other, the other handle. And so it goes exactly with what he's saying that just because people in their flesh abuse the gifts doesn't mean that I should say no to it. I should be open to and ask God and want every single thing he has for me, every single thing. And then after I, I opened myself to, up to that and I gave that to him, that hurt and all that, and then it happened. It didn't happen right away. But I just want to encourage you to be open to literally everything, 100% of the gifts that he has for you. Good stuff. Give him a hand, y'all. And again, it's, it's, about, it's about being open and receptive, and I'm so glad he shared that because what can happen is we, have, we can have one bad experience and then be jaded, right? I mean, I remember um, one church, obviously I won't say where, where it was, and it, it's no fault of the leadership, the person maybe just didn't know, but I remember about five years ago, this woman was really pushing me, you know, and I was like, you don't need to push me, it's okay, just, uh, you know, and that didn't take away my desire to be overwhelmed by the Spirit of God at other times, to be slain by the Spirit of God at other times. You see what I'm saying? I don't take that one bad experience with another person, and I don't say no to the gift giver from one bad experience with another person who has received a gift. Amen? So there's all kinds of pictures. I want to briefly say the oil and the menorah and the tabernacle. We talked about this in David Yu last, last um, year. The oil was fresh every day, prepared, prepared to shine, prepared to burn. So let the Holy Spirit burn and freshen you every day. I think about Samson's strength, right? Even in stories like Samson, the word of God makes it clear that the spirit of God came upon Samson and enabled him for greater work. The spirit of God came upon him. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit that we talked about last week that came upon the early disciples and empowered them to preach the gospel. I want to give you some, uh, one of the things we said, me, Dave, and Andrew, we said we want to give a lot of, this is why we call it a ghost stories. So we want to give stories that illustrate. As much as I love to teach, my natural disposition as a communicator is to teach, I want to give you some stories because I want you to understand how this can really help someone. The same way the Holy Spirit gives these supernatural abilities is that these are abilities we would not have otherwise. This is knowledge we would not have otherwise. When Will and I visited um, Bethel in Los Angeles a few years ago, uh, the minute I walked in there, there was this young man uh, in his early 20s, 
And I mean, the prophetic gift on him was so powerful. He's like, you have four girls, two, then two, and then they like to dance while you play the piano. I was like, yes, you know? And I don't even have, like, my name tag on yet. Like, I mean, it just was crazy. And then he, he really encouraged me because then he started talking about you have a dream to connect the business world to the church world. And I'm like, yes, we have a conference coming. And, and it was just beautiful. And it was things that I needed because he was saying some of these ideas, they're not just okay ideas. These are God ideas. These are things you should focus on. So see what it did for me is it encouraged me. It built me up in my faith to say yes to what God was asking of me. Understand, right? That's what prophetic words do. do. That's what discernment, words of knowledge do. And so I want to give you another one. I was praying with um, someone on Friday night. There was a worship night at a Warren campus, and I looked over, and I, I saw this girl, and I just felt a nudge. And I'm, I'm trying to make it real practical. I didn't know what I was going to say. I just felt a nudge to pray for her. So I said, hey, can I pray for you? So I started praying for her, and I said, you know, I just want you to know your personality isn't wrong. You weren't born with the wrong personality. You have a great personality. And instantly you could kind of hear sniffles, right? And she says, uh, she says, after I pray, she said, Will just said the exact same thing to me. <laughs> I said, it's almost like God's trying to tell you a message. He made you just the way you are, not to compare yourself to other women in their personality, but to enjoy the personality that God gave you. So why would God do that? Because he's thoughtful. Just because he loves her. Let's uncomplicate it. Let's untangle it. You don't need a lot of theology right here. It's just God's, God is love. God is love. He wants to reveal his love. And he's caring. I asked um, Olivia to send flowers to someone the other day. She happened to pick the exact flowers that this person used to receive from her husband. What are, what are the chances of that? There's no chances. There's no coincidence. It's something uh, Dave Harnett shared with us one time, right? There's no coincidences. It's the order of God. It's the thoughtfulness of God. So say this with me. God is thoughtful. And that's the spirit of God that whispered to Olivia, sunflowers. You see that? It's the spirit of God that whispers to you and teaches you how to love people, how to serve them, and how to make them fall in love with Jesus. Remember the servant? He's inviting people to fall in love with Jesus. I want to give you another word picture to help you understand why the gifts are so important. Imagine with me an amazing car, right? A Maserati or a, a Bugatti or a Mercedes, whatever your favorite. Everybody just shout out your favorite car. Shout it out. Ready? One, two, three. Who said Ford? <laughs> you know you're in Kinsman. Someone's like, Ford F-150. I could pull 10,000 pounds. <laughs> Some guy's like, Tacoma. All right. Somebody over here. What's your favorite car? A what? A Fiat. Lord knows nobody said Prius, right? You need to find a new church if you said Prius. This is not the church for you. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> we drive strong cars. No, I'm just kidding. You drive your tree, you know, hug your tree, whatever. All right. So... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I need to be more focused today. <laughs> I need to dial back Jordan's personality, and I need to just teach. All right. I'm at, <laughs> I'm, sorry. Sometimes I think my jokes are really funny. All right, focus. Imagine a car. Imagine a car, right? It's like your favorite car. All right, so everybody got it pictured? Or your favorite car? All right, is you got it pictured, right? 
All right, you got your favorite car. For some of you, it's like a Tesla, right? You're just like been saving for this thing. This thing's awesome. There's just a screen. It's like an 18-inch iPad, right? You're like, this is my car. You walk in, though, and you're like, oh, yeah, click, click. You know, oh, yeah, click, click. Oh, no, click, click. You know, and you open the hood, and there's no engine. Right? Some would call that a lemon, okay? Uh, what? What is this thing that Carvana dropped off to me? This is not a car. Okay. I was praying on Thursday, asking Holy Spirit to give me just a simple illustration. That's what the church looks like without the gifts. Oh, that's a nice car. Oh, that car looks good. Oh, they have great lights. Oh, I like the sanctuary. Such comfy chairs. These are four-hour chairs. That means your butt can sit there for four hours and listen to me teaching. That's right, Dennis. It's going to be a long service. Buckle up, buddy. No, these are four-hour chairs. It doesn't matter if you have the AC, the heat, and you got the music just right. Do you know without the gifts, without the Spirit of God moving, you're just an empty engine. You're just an empty vessel, a car that looks like it's going somewhere, but it's not. And imagine if you get into that car over and over and over, and you try to get yourself to the grocery store. At some point, you'd be like, I like the paint color. I like the Bose sound system, but I hate the car. I, I don't like this car. I need this car to work. <laughs> I need this car to get me from A to B. And I want to tell you that the gifts of God are like that engine. They get you and the other person from where they are to where they need to be. That's how gifts work. They keep the thing moving. So when you use the gift of hospitality to host a life group, you're, you're keeping the engine, you're keeping the car going. When in the life group you hear a holy hush come over the room and you speak in tongues like Will said, you are the engine keeping it going. When then you interpret that and it's the exact thing that everybody needs to hear and you feel the spirit moving, now the engine's moving. Come on, right? Now the car's moving. Now the engine's moving. When you have a gift to teach and you teach at that life group or you teach in upcoming disciple classes in, in 23, then now you are keeping that thing moving. When you use that gift of compassion to foster a child, you're keeping that thing moving. When you use the gift of helps to go clean the house or bring a meal to a foster parent, you are keeping that thing moving. Can I get amen? So look at the book of Acts with me. Oh, look at the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. We talked about this last week. We talked about the Holy Spirit activity. I'm going to kind of go... Uh, very fast mode here, so just here we go. The book of Acts tells about the many functions of the Spirit, giving boldness and power to the early believers, inspiring them to prophesy, inspiring them to teach one another, take care of one another, those with leadership gifts, those with generosity gifts, all giving, laying their gifts at the apostles' feet so that everybody would be cared for. These gifts are not earned. They are not signs of maturity. These gifts are simply gifts from God. You cannot earn a gift. You know, again, if you as a parent laid a gift at the Christmas tree and your child said, I am so glad I mowed the lawn for 20 hours to receive this gift, you'd be like, no, no, son, that's not how it works. This is a gift, right? It's a gift from God. Everybody say gift. So these gifts help create a unity in believers through the working of the Spirit. I want to say again, this unity is unlike anything else in the world. 
I saw this firsthand near, near the end of yesterday's uh, seminar. I thought to myself, in what other world do you have men from agriculture without education? You have formal education, after uh, college education. You might have uh, men with MBAs. You might have guys with low GPAs. Doesn't matter. All around, you had, you had black, white, formally educated, not formally educated, all in the same room discussing Jesus. How cool is that? In what other sphere of the world do you see people from different backgrounds, the medical industry, the music industry, the business world, all gather under the name of, come on, under the name of? See, there's a unity that happens that is special. You're not going to see that anywhere else in the world. They gather together under the name of Jesus. You see, the greatest local congregation in the world was started by everyday people in their everyday lives. You think about Lydia. Some of you have uh, that business gift. Lydia, right, she, she had a gift uh, in, in design. It says that she, she would make a lot of, like, fabric with, like, purple fabric, and she'd worked with all kinds of fabric, right? So she ended up using her home to help uh, advance the kingdom of God. They would meet there. How cool is that? It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what position you have in the world. God wants to use you, right? Barnabas was a bicultural Hellenistic Jew. He was one of the leaders. Simeon uh, was a leader in the church. No one knows his background. Another leader was Lucius from Cyrene from North Africa. So you had different skin colors. Come on. You had different backgrounds of religion, cultural, historical religions. You had a lifelong friend, right? Finally, there was Paul, a Jewish Pharisee. The guy who used to kill Christians is now in charge. I mean, only God could create unity out of that. But how does that happen? That's through the moving of the Spirit. In Acts 16, if you're taking notes, just write down Acts 16. It says, the Holy Spirit did not permit them to go, but the Holy Spirit then gave visions for them where they should go. And for the sake of time, I won't read it. I just want to say, the Holy Spirit teaches us where to go, what to say. Not just when you're witnessing to someone, but even when you're just solving a problem at work. Do you know I believe the Holy Spirit is even there? How, let's just make it really practical. Raise your hand if you've ever had a conundrum at work. Right? Maybe in agriculture, it's like, you know, I don't know why this, this, this part is not working. Maybe there's something that's a people problem. Right? Everybody in the R&D, maybe everybody in the marketing office, they can't get along. You know, she wants that logo, he wants that logo, she wants that brand, and everybody's just fighting. And you say, Holy, does Holy Spirit care about that? Can he use you in that? Absolutely. Absolutely. He cares. And he, listen, think about this. Holy Spirit is genius. Why would we not tap into the genius, the creator of all the universe? Why would we not pray and ask him for counsel? He is literally the smartest, not a person, but you know what I mean, the person there is. And he's the voice of God able to guide you and to teach you. 
not only to teach you what holiness looks like and what it means to love Jesus, but even to assist you in your everyday real world. Amen? The most wise, brilliant counselor, advisor in all the universe is available, but many Christians do not consult him. Let that sink in. Before we go into a time of prayer, I want you to think about this. I want to invite the prayer team to come up. We're going to start some music in the back because I want you to hear this. Jesus said, we mentioned this verse last week in John 16, it will be better for you if I go because the Holy Spirit's going to teach you everything I have taught you and guide you into all truth. Can I say it like this? He's a spirit guide. You say, ooh, that's weird. He's the Holy Spirit, and he's our guide. You want to freak somebody out at Walmart next time? Just say, I have a spirit guide. Maybe don't say it like that. <laughs> Maybe don't change your tone of your voice quite like that. But just say, hey, someone's frustrated, say, hey, I'm friends with God, and I'd like to pray with you about this. And they say, what? Now, on occasion, they won't let you pray, but 99% of the time, they will let you pray. Okay? 90% of the time, 99% of the time, they'll let you pray. We can bring the lights up one more notch, if you don't mind, just one notch. I want everybody, I want to invite everybody to stand up. Thank you, guys. I want to ask that as we worship, we set aside a little bit of time on purpose this morning, so you would have some time to just sit at Jesus' feet and worship, or go be prayed for for the filling of the Holy Spirit. We talked about it last week, that what would it look like? We said like a tea kettle, right? When all the pressure builds up, it might whistle. And that you might speak in tongues. You might say things you've never said before. That's okay. Is it a mystery? Yep. But you'll be connecting with God on a level you didn't connect with before. How cool is that? You'll be knowing God in a new way, in a richer, more meaningful way that maybe you didn't before. And I'll know about you, but I want that. I want everything that God has for me. So I wanna invite you right now, all of these prayer team have been trained. Some of the stories you heard Will share and me share, you're not gonna be pushed down. No one's gonna spit on you. In fact, even when they lay their hands on your shoulder, they're gonna ask, can I lay my hand on your shoulder? And it's okay if you wanna say no, that's okay. But we're gonna pray for you. And we're gonna ask that God fill you with his Holy Spirit. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. What if I fall down? It's okay. All right? If, if, in fact, if our ushers could each find a prayer team person, let's do that. Let's have each usher, even if you don't have your shirt on, your, your um, well, hopefully you have a shirt on, uh, but your, <laughs> no shirt, no problem, no. Hopefully you have your, even if you don't have your Rock of Grace shirt on, I need each usher. So I'll, I'll just wait for you to move because I know you're out there. Thank you, guys. Go find a prayer team member and just stand with them. Thank you, guys. If it seems like you're about to fall, one of the ushers will catch you. God will now embarrass you. God's not trying to embarrass you. But God does want to fill you with his spirit that is beyond your ability to explain. Let me say it again, because I, I love to teach and I love to explain, but listen. God can do something in you that I can't explain and that you can't explain, that nobody can. Amen? So let him do that. The only thing required of us is thirst.
Remember what we said in John 4 last week? Jesus said, anybody who thirsts, just thirsts, and I'll fill them with living water. Let's worship. If you'd like to be prayed, find a prayer partner. The sound of heaven touching earth, spirit break out, break our walls down, break our walls down. You know, I just pictured um, a pool, and uh, and again, you, you can be touched by the Holy Spirit right where you're at. You don't have to go to the side, so don't want you to misunderstand me. I just want you to be open because... If you, have, do you guys remember being kids? Does anybody remember being kids and being at a, a, a local swimming pool or maybe a friend's house and you're afraid it's too cold? Anybody? Yeah. Right? How many of you are like total wusses when it comes to a cold pool? Right? Yeah, I am. Right? But how many know when you first put your toe, when you're like, oh, too cold? No, no, no way. Right? How many do what I do? You're like, oh, no way. But then, as a kid, though, you just jump in. And you enjoy the pool. Do you know, I've never had, I have four daughters. I've never had one of them jump in there and go, whoa, it's about 62 degrees. <laughs> you know, adults do that. I don't know why we're like, oh, this is not 78, you know. But kids don't do that. You know what they do? They don't overthink it. They just jump in. So can I just invite you to just jump in this morning? Just jump in. Just close your eyes. Danielle and Will are going to continue to sing. I don't want you to overthink it. Don't think, what if, what if something happens to me? I don't know. Don't overthink it. Just jump in. Right. The water's fine. 
just jump in. Close your eyes. They're going to continue to sing. And as they sing, just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Saturate us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. Sing his name. Say Yeshua. Yeshua. 
This is who Jesus points to. This is who the Holy Spirit points to. He points to Jesus, Yeshua. Yeshua. When we don't have words, we say Yeshua. Just the church keeps singing that Yeshua. Yeshua. Sing his name. We lift up your name. We worship you. We worship you. Come on, let's lift up your voices to him. Say what you want to say and let rivers of living water, let rivers of living water flow out of you. Come on, just lift up your voice to him. Doesn't matter what it's going to sound like. Just say, Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of it all. Yeshua. Like David said in Psalm 27, one thing I ask, one thing I seek is to be in your house all the days of my life. Lord, one thing I ask, one thing I seek, it's to be in your presence, it's to know you heart to heart, Jesus. So like that song says, put me anywhere, but put your glory in me. I'll serve anywhere, God, but let me see your beauty. Let me see you for who you are, Jesus. Let me know you for who you are. God, I don't know, want to know about you in the context of church services. I want to know you heart to heart, face to face. If that's your prayer, just lift up your hands to Jesus. We'll dismiss in just a moment. But come on, put your hands up to Jesus and just tell him, Jesus, I really want to know you. I really want to know you. Heart to heart, God, face to face and heart to heart. I want to know you, God, as you are. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Support me anywhere. Just put your glory in me. I'll serve anywhere. Just let me see your beauty. One more time, sing Yeshua. One more time, say his name. Yeshua. You see, when the Holy Spirit starts to work in you, I want you to hear this. When the Holy Spirit starts to work in you, 
All you want is Jesus. All you want is Jesus to be glorified. When the Holy Spirit starts to work in you, it doesn't matter if you're an artist and the desire to be famous goes away. It's just to make Jesus famous. Some of you at work, you have a desire to be the smartest person in the room. That goes away. You just want them to know Jesus. sing his name because it's the most beautiful name in all the world and all creation. what I want to challenge you with today. I want you to fill your house with worship. How about this week? You don't play any Taylor Swift. Can I get an amen? How about this week? You don't play any whatever else, Springsteen, I don't know, whatever your jam is. How about you just give it one week where you just put on worship music and you see what happens. You watch what happens when you make a home for the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. You watch what happens when you make a home for the Holy Spirit. Let me say this before we go, and I promise this is the last thing I'll say. Some of you want the blessings of the presence of God, but you've yet learned to host the presence of God. You've got to have the ark in the house to have the blessing of the ark. You gotta learn to host the Holy Spirit. It's not about having blessings, it's about loving Jesus. The blessings are just a byproduct. Don't chase after the blessings, chase after the blesser. Don't chase after created things. Love and worship the Creator. Amen? I bless you today with a desire to love and know Jesus like never before. I bless you today with a desire to host the Holy Spirit. I bless you today with a love for Jesus that is so rich that only the spirit, the servant, could have done this. And for some of you, I bless you with 10 camels full of gifts. Some of you are like, I don't want no camels. Well, I'm sorry. Because it may just be a metaphor, but you get what I'm saying. I bless you with gifts that you didn't expect in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power.
If you would like to join me at starting point, I'll be across the hall. If you're new to Rock of Grace and you'd like to plug in serving somewhere, join me right across the hall. <laughs>